Hey, welcome to the Eddie Hyatt Podcast. I am your host and teacher, Eddie Hyatt, and I'm so excited to be back with you on this Monday morning as we continue our series on advanced spiritual warfare. Yes, the Bible is very clear that we are in a battle, a spiritual battle. Uh, Paul said, I believe it's in Ephesians 6, verse 10, he said, we do not wrestle with flesh and blood, but with but against principalities and powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in heavenly places. But the Bible is also very clear that we fight this battle from a point of victory that has already been achieved for us through the Lord Jesus Christ, through his death and his glorious resurrection. In other words, it's very clear in scripture, we're not fighting trying to gain victory. We are fighting from a point of victory that is already achieved for us. And so today, my my theme is going to be uh, the power of truth, knowing the power of truth, overcoming Satan through the power of truth. Uh, I want to tell you a little a little story that illustrates this, a very, very true story. This is some years ago, Sue and I, uh, in the early days of our, our marriage and ministry, we were planting a new congregation in eastern Canada. And uh, uh, one Sunday evening in our Sunday evening service, uh, one thing that was very obvious to me was a person who was missing uh, because Tom was probably our, 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 our most faithful congregant. He was always there, always there 30 minutes, 45 minutes early, uh, available to set up chairs uh, or to do anything that needed to be done, often the last one to leave, willing to close up for us and so on. And uh, always very enthusiastic in times of praise and worship. And so, and he never missed a service. So this night, he was obvious by his absence. Now, this is a new congregation that we are planting uh, in eastern Canada. It's not large. There's probably 25, 30 people there that night. And so as I'm up with my Fender Telecaster guitar and uh, leading the people in praise and worship, uh, the the door opens and Tom comes through the door. And when I saw his face, my thought was, wow, I wonder what happened to Tom? Because there just seemed to be a cloud of, of darkness over him. And he looked so so depressed and somber uh, as, as he came through the door and found a seat. And instead of joining into the praise and worship, which was so, un and this was so unlike him, he stood with his arms folded across his chest and looking down with this, this, this cloud of darkness over him and, and, and uh, this melancholy look on his face. And, and again, I'm thinking, wow, I wonder what Tom uh, went through today. Well, in between two of our songs, I had paused between songs, and Tom spoke up and said, and asked for prayer. And he said, would you pray for me? I am all bound up. Now, normally I would say, yeah, come on up. We'll lay hands on you and pray. But but the Holy Spirit intervened. 
and and it all happened so quickly. I was surprised myself. I was I surprised myself at how I responded because I found myself saying, "No, we are not going to pray for you." And I quoted what Jesus said in John eight thirty six. I said, "Jesus said." That whom the sun sets free is free indeed. You take your liberty. And did you hear how I responded? And, and it was by the Holy Spirit. It, and again, I surprised myself with how I responded. He said, would you pray for me? I'm all bound up. I replied, no, we're not going to pray for you. Jesus said, whom the sun sets free is free indeed. You take your liberty. Well, Tom immediately thrust his hands into the air. And as he did, it's, it, it, the only way I can describe it is a spiritual explosion occurred all across our fledgling congregation. Suddenly, the entire congregation exploded in shouts of praise to God. And this continued on for at least, I don't know, 5, 10, 15 minutes without any cheerleading from the front. Even though I was leading the service, leading the praise and worship, I suddenly felt like a spectator. It was out of my hands. And I just stepped, stepped aside and enjoyed the moment as I observed uh, the people clapping, shouting, praising God. I looked at Tom. He was shouting praises of God along with the others. And his Countenance had changed. <laughs> there was a big smile on his face. The darkness was gone. He was free. What was it that set Tom free? Prayer? Certain healing technique? No, it was the truth. God's word. No. No, we're not going to pray for you. Jesus said, when the sun sets free is free indeed. You take your liberty. He did. And he was set free immediately in a very dramatic fashion. It reminds me of the words of Jesus in John chapter 8, verses 31 and 32. He said, if you continue in my word, you are my disciples indeed. If you continue in my word. Uh, in other words, if we continue in the truth. You see, his, his, God's word is the source of truth. Jesus himself said one time in, in his uh, prayer to the Father in John 17, he said, sanctify them through thy word. Thy word is truth. Folks, ultimately, it is God's truth. It is God's word that will make us free. So Jesus said, if you continue in my word, you are my disciples indeed. John 8, 31, 32. And you will know the truth. How will we know the truth? By continuing in his word. And you will know the truth. The truth will make you free. Yes, we can. Well, we, we should pray for people. We should lay hands on people. We should do all these things. But ultimate, consistent victory only comes for those who learn the truth and walk in the truth yes you can be blessed you can you can go to a, a great meeting and you can be blessed you can go forward and you can receive prayer but if you do not learn to walk in the truth 
the very next challenge you have, you're going to be looking for another meeting to go to. You're going to be looking for another preacher to lay, lay, lay his hands on you. The, the key to ultimate victory is knowing the truth and walking in the truth. I had the privilege of teaching at Oral Roberts University while Oral Roberts was still alive and also attending the university while Oral Roberts was still alive. Well, Roberts had uh, one of the greatest healing gifts and ministries in the history of Christianity. But I heard him say this came out of his own mouth. He, he estimated that only about 5% of the people on whom he laid his hands and prayed received healing. Only 5%. Well, what about the other 95%? Was it not God's will for them to be healed? Of course it was. But it may have been that God wanted them to learn to walk in truth. I experienced that, and some of you have read my testimony, or you've heard it. It's in a little book called Three Keys to Answered Prayer. And, uh, and I, I was in my 40s at the time. I had preached divine healing. I had seen God heal people. I laid hands on people, and I still do. But I got very sick, very ill. And I was looking for an instantaneous miracle. I was looking looking for somebody to pray the prayer of faith for me. And I was I was living in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Some called it the charismatic Mecca. I was directly associated at the time with, with uh, Teal and Daisy Osborne. And uh, also I was attending Oral Roberts University. And Kenneth Hagin's ministry was just down the street from us. But I did not find healing through any of those. God would not release healing to me through any of those ministries, those great healing and faith ministries. In fact, he finally spoke to me and he said, you'll come out of this by reversing the process that got you into it. And basically what he was saying to me, you're going to have to change uh, your lifestyle. In other words, my, my, I was going to have to live a more healthy lifestyle. I was going to have to eat better. I was going to have to exercise and rest and so on. And uh, it, it was the truth. And I continued in the word, hey, during during this three years when I was coming out of that, yeah, uh, there was a time every day I was going through all the healing scriptures from Genesis to Revelation. Hallelujah. And and I, I did, I came out of it. That's been over 30 years ago. And in a sense, as I look back in retrospect, I'm glad that God didn't give me an instantaneous miracle because I would not have changed anything. I wouldn't have learned to walk and to live in the truth. And the truth made me free. And here over 30 years later, hallelujah, I'm 76. I'm, I'm not on any medication. Um, I'm well. I'm healthy. And uh, I'm so glad that God taught me that there's power in the truth of God's word. Let me, let me close with this. Yeah, we're up uh, towards our the time when we need to bring it to a close. I, I wanted to read the words of, uh, of Martin Luther. Let me see if I have them here in front of me. I probably do. Just bear with me for a moment. Uh, if not, I think I can probably quote them. Now, here it is. In later life... Martin Luther was asked how he, as a simple monk and teacher, had been able to have such a powerful impact on the church and the world. 
He put emperors and popes in fear and consternation. What did he what did he say? He said, I simply taught, preached, wrote God's word. Otherwise, I did nothing. The word so weakened the papacy that, that never a prince or emperor did such damage to it. I did nothing. The word did it all. Folks, there's power in God's word because it, it, it is the truth. God's word contains truth. And Luther wrote a little poem to express this. He said, feelings come and feelings go, but feelings are deceiving. I'll put my faith in the word of God. Naught else is worth believing. Let me encourage you today. Get into God's word. Know the truth. For Jesus said, you shall know the truth. And the truth will make you free. I'm Eddie Hyatt. This is the Eddie Hyatt Podcast. And I look forward to seeing you again tomorrow.